Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection. Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I remember one night deciding I was going to do this, and I had a whole load of plastic cups, beakers, and I thought, every cockroach I see, I'm going to put a plastic cup over it, just to see how many there are, whether it's the same one going back and forth, Two, doing a little trick on my mind. And I ran out of cups at 18. This is A Bit of a Stretch, the podcast. I'm Chris Atkins, and I'm a filmmaker who was jailed for tax fraud in 2016. I got sentenced to five years, served two and a half, and I've written a book about my time in Wandsworth Prison, also called A Bit of a Stretch. In jail, I met loads of fascinating characters, and since I got out, I've recorded over 20 conversations with ex-prisoners. Their stories are heartbreaking, uplifting, funny, shocking, and often downright weird. The names have been changed, but their voices are real. They'll take us headfirst into the worst prison crisis in history and reveal a broken system that is failing victims and the wider public. Each episode is centred around a different theme. This one is all about the daily grind and how prisoners struggle through each day. Dealing with the endless bang-up, the horrible food and those cramped showers. What do we wear? What jobs do we do? And how do we escape the mindless tedium? How big is this space? Eight to nine feet by four or five feet. And there'd be two of you in there? And two in there. So you would have a loo in an open space and you'd have your bunk bed. You'd basically have to do all your business in front of your cellmate and you'd have to do a deal where he would just look out the window. This is Simon. He pled guilty to selling fake shares and got six years. He spent a year in Wormwood Scrubs and was initially locked in his cell for 23 hours a day. I don't think people can quite grasp that idea. Anybody listening to this now, go and sit in the bathroom, but don't open the door. In fact, take the handle off the door. And that's the thing that struck me. There is no handle. It's not like you're not allowed to open the door. You can't open the door. The majority of prisoners, the majority of the time, are in that situation, being rehabilitated. 23 hours a day with, I think, the Big Bang Theory, various soap operas. When you arrive in prison, there is supposed to be an induction process to explain how you get your food, make phone calls and so on. But most prisoners are locked in their cells all day. 
so end up missing this crucial information. I didn't know at that stage there was a whole induction process that I'd missed. Without a clue, I had no idea how the, how the phones worked. I'd been through no induction. What do you mean induction? Didn't know what induction was? No. So, so you didn't know you'd missed it? Didn't know how to book a legal visit. How to get food? I mean, what? No, just uh, I remember the first time I got issued my blue plate and my blue mug, finishing my meal and wondering where I had to throw them. But I didn't realise those would be my plates for three you years. You were to keep that plate. <laughs> the one thing that everyone wants to know about prison is the food. When you're locked in the cell all the time, meals become the defining moments of the day. But the quality and quantity are pretty awful, which is often a recipe for disappointment. When I first went in prison, it's before the new thing came out, so you had two hot meals a day. This is Tony. He's a young guy and got 10 years for drugs and guns offences. After about a year, they started giving you baguettes for lunch. So say if you order a tuna baguette for a Thursday, it's made on the on the Monday. And then they wrap it in cling film and put it in a freezer. And then they defrost it on the Wednesday. It gets frozen, wrapped in cling film so it can't breathe, and they defrost it. Still in the cling film. So you're getting a soggy, mushy, shitty baguette. Prison catering budgets are about £2 per prisoner per day. Which means just one hot meal at about 4 o'clock. We'd grab our blue plastic plates and queue up at the servery. The popular choices would often run out, so tensions would run pretty high. Oh, we was at the servery and there was a chicken leg and it was the last chicken leg. And on my menu, I chose chicken leg. Servery guy, the kitchen worker, put the chicken leg on my, my little plastic plate. There was this kid, he must have been Muslim, saying, oh, you're not Muslim though. That's, that's halal. You should give me that. I said, I'll pick fucking chicken, mate. I don't care if I'm Muslim or not. And um, I turned around and he punched me in the face from behind. And initially, it, I was dazed, I was seeing stars and that. I used to be a semi-professional cage fighter, so I'm quite good with my hands. So I grabbed his leg straight away, went on the ground, got on top of him, uh, got, got him in an arm bar, which is a lock, lock the arm, and I, I broke his arm. I broke his arm on the landing in front of the screws. The officers had to dig their fingers in my eyes for me to get off him. Prison meals are miserable at the best of times. So inmates will do whatever they can to make their diets more satisfying. I was on the vegan diet, so I had a very different food experience. This is Bernie. You met him in episode one. He's one of those annoying people that always lands sunny side up. So my food was prepared individually. So it would come in a aluminium tins with my name on the top of it. Uh, so you had your special school meal? Yeah. Portion sizes were already agreed. Chickpea curries, which I quite liked. There was a pea and peanut risotto or something. They get a bigger budget for vegans because they give us the soya milks and they give us the extra fruit. Is it all right? It was, it was good stuff. In Wood Hill, it was good stuff. You must know someone like Bernie. Or at least you should in prison. There's no way an adult can survive off the lukewarm mush they dish out of the servery. So most of us would supplement our diet with food we'd buy off the canteen. This name is misleading, 
The canteen is basically the prison shop. Every Friday we'd get groceries delivered to our cells in clear plastic bags. Trust me, this was the most exciting moment of the week. This is where you can spend your own money, whether it was sent in or that you'd earned, albeit capped at, I think, £25 if you were an enhanced status prisoner like a week, that, yeah. something like that. So for that, you know, at quite well marked up prices, you could get a Snickers bar, some shampoo, or anything that took you out of prison issue, food or, or toiletries. Toiletries was is quite absolute, important. To go to the showers with your Dove oh. soap. Obviously, they perfume these products, and it probably doesn't clean you any better than the other stuff, but inside, just that waft of radox. You know, smell is so evocative, isn't it? It brings mm. back memories, and so to get, to get that little link. Prison, unfortunately, amplifies the inequalities that exist in normal society. Well-behaved inmates like Simon would soon be elevated to enhanced status and got to spend a reasonable amount of money on groceries. But prisoners like Tony were kept at standard status and only allowed to spend £15 a week on their canteen. You're limited to what you can do. So out of that 15 quid, your toiletries for the week is about a tenner. Or you can buy credit. So you have a choice. You can either have a shower for a week, basically, eat half decent for a week, which isn't really half decent. I'm saying half decent is in prison terms half decent. Outside, here in the real world, it's not half decent, it's like shit. Or you can be in contact with your family for that week. So three choices, eat, shower, talk to family, and that's it. You can't do them all? You can't do them all, no. Impossible, impossible. It doesn't matter if you're a millionaire on the outside, when your canteen sheet comes every week, you've got 15 quid, mate, that's it. When I was in Wandsworth, I got loads of letters every week. After the food, the thing that everyone always asked me about was the showers. What is it with prisons and showers? No, there wasn't any sex. I also didn't see any violence. But the really strange thing was that most inmates showered in their underwear. As you shower with your, with your boxer shorts on. Everyone showers in their pants. Now, what's that about? I don't know, because I didn't do it. And the idea that you would go into a shower naked uh, in prison and don't forget the old joke about soap in the showers yeah, yeah. to go in there and shower naked to be so confident in your sexuality in prison that you would shower naked next to another straight man who was so concerned about anyone thinking that he might be anything other than straight that he would keep his boxer shorts on but everyone did and, and if you were the only one who weren't then the you looked a fucking freak in the end you see I then had to put into your boxer shorts Nietzsche said that you know, when asked about his definition of hell, he said it, it, it's other people. That's his definition of hell. Because they make you behave like them. At the start of my sentence, the two main events of every day was food and showers. But the rest of the time, we were stuck in that tiny cell. This space was our whole universe. And we'd try and control our surroundings in any way we could. Did you get OCD? Did you develop? Yeah. Oh, God. yeah. Closed conditions were in a Victorian building. And I remember trying to work out how many people had slept in that room. So maybe people had been in each cell for a week or two at most. And, and there are hundreds of people that slept in that space in the last hundred years. And I was sort of preoccupied with 
the cleanliness of it. So the OCD, I mean, I hate saying that because there are people that are afflicted by that and it's a serious, mm. you know, affliction to use quite lightly. But yeah, I became quite obsessive about cleanliness in the cell to absolutely no effect. You could never be clean. So you're constantly trying to clean the uncleanable? You'd sweep your cell and the door would be closed and then, you know, with one great big woof, they closed the big door to the yard and all the dust from the yard would blow under everyone's cells. There was a couple of prisoners who, instead of a dirty process, obviously had a clean protest by smashing up the cell to the point where the plumbing from the toilet and the, and the sink just flooded the entire floor. That was ankle deep in cold water and we were using brushes to wash out yeah, never been cleaner. Talk about keeping the place clean. Talk about scrubs. Yeah, talk about these scrubs. Well done. The location of a prison cell is really important. Do you have a noisy neighbour? Is it near the showers? Some canny prisoners exploit the cracks in the system to nab the best cells. Everything's done on whiteboards. This is Lucky Bernie again. The whiteboard tells them whether you're a smoker or not. The whiteboard tells them whether you're a high risk or not. And uh, the whiteboard tells them whether you're a wing worker and should be let out in the morning or not. I knew of a guy, he was in a double cell, but he didn't want a cellmate. So he went into the office uh, to ask a question and somehow he'd managed to get hold of the red uh, marker pen and put a dot next to his name uh, that then told them that he was high risk and uh, they didn't move anyone into his cell. The whiteboard said he's high risk, so when they're looking for somewhere... To offload someone. Yeah, they're not going to put him in with this guy because uh, the whiteboard said he's high risk. This brings us on to the administration and bureaucracy, which is straight out of the 1970s. Everything is still done on paper. If prisoners want to communicate with the authorities, they have to use the dreaded application form a.k.a. the General App. General App is an application form. They're carbon copies. In a triplicate, one for you to throw away and for the prison service to throw away. So if you're a kid who can't read or write, uh, the information about how to make a written application is written on the posters on, on the walls. So you would first have to learn how to read or write to read the posters to learn how to make an application. But it made you in quite high demand. Did you find that? This goes back to your earlier point about uh, violence and, and threats and how did I, did I feel uh, threatened. No, because actually I established myself very quickly as, as quite valuable. In a very Shawshank tradition, I, I became the guy that would write people's apps for them. You were app man? I was app man. And people would come to me and instead of, the, you know, uh, can I fill your face if you don't give me some birds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, can you help me get an app so my lawyer can visit me? And that really is symbolic of the whole malaise of prison. It's, it's still the absolute bureaucratic headache because it's all about paper. Now, if that was the NHS, if that was education, if that was any other public sector body, there would be outrage at the huge waste and futility of it. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. 
That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So most prisoners are stuck in a cell for 23 hours a day, barely getting out for food and showers, filling in endless application forms that never get read. I finally learned that the best way to escape this madness was getting a prison job. If you get a job clearing up the rubbish around scrubs, which means you're out of your cell for two hours a day, you're happy about that. To get out and to do that was the height of luxury. I was so desperate to get out of my cell that I took any job that came my way. I started out delivering slips, which enabled me to walk the landings in the afternoon and call home in peace and quiet. Bernie, the luckiest prisoner I've ever met, also found a bunch of plum jobs. Funnily enough, I was the wing painter Okay. Uh, however, there was no paint. You just let out and uh, make yourself some toast and... Uh... So a painter with no paint? Painter with no paint. That was me. I got into packing the canteen. Yeah, they let inmates like Bernie pack canteen orders for several different prisons. As you might imagine, it was ripe for corruption. My co-workers tended to put Mars bars down their pants and stuff. You'd have to strip down to your boxer shorts and put on a new set of clothes. And were there people watching? Yeah, of course, there's officers watching, male officers, of course. There was a few prisons that were sex offender prisons and uh, we had to pack the canteen for them. Uh, so you can imagine the guys. Some of the other prisoners not wanting to. Yeah, I mean, they would pack it, but then maybe stand on the biscuits or... So they'd break the pedo's biscuits? <laughs> yes. I was a bit of an ass kisser in prison. I worked as education orderly, I did the register, and I also taught English. The more jobs I got, the more influence I had on the wing. Towards my last few months in Scrubs, my door would literally be open uh, from 8am till 9pm. So I, I had a number of jobs of increasing seniority, the highest of which was tea orderly, making the tea for the officers. I then became quite powerful because uh, I had the ear of the screws. Everyone wanted jobs to get out of the cell, so I was the one with the influence. I'd say, oh, what about that, uh, that chap there? I think he'd make a great apps orderly. There is a complex hierarchy of roles within each department. 
The senior positions offer more unlocked time and privileges, which means that everyone is vying for the top jobs. So you'd have orderlies, you'd have champions, you'd have a number one. Yeah. Within all yeah. the different, be it yeah. like the kitchens or yeah. cleaning or whatever. You'd have your own little fiefdom. Oh, and there'd be red vans. A red oh van is God. a prisoner who's trusted enough to walk from one point to the next. That's it. That's it. Without, uh, Without an, an escort. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I found it on the one hand, I would sit and ridicule all this. But I also went on a concerted campaign to become the education red to band. Part of it and I was furious when I got knocked back. And, you know, you become an education mentor uh, with the hope that one day you might become an education champion and you might get a different colour T-shirt. Each prison job comes with a different coloured T-shirt, which is a big deal when you have little else to wear. Clothing is another hot topic. Most inmates wear prison-issue gear, but some remand prisoners end up wearing whatever they were arrested in. How do you deal with clothes inside? Well, you've got a choice. You can either resist, like I did for about a year. How do you mean resist? Well, wearing the same clothes you were arrested in for 12 months. Uh, because you're, you're refusing to wear the prison kit, which, by the way, is either 10 sizes too small or 10 sizes too big. So you have your grey palette, which seemed to be in season pretty much every, every time. <laughs> Never out of season. Every year. Grey tracksuit bottom, grey tracksuit top, grey socks, uh, blue underwear, uh, blue T-shirt. Oh, there's some other fetching grey shoes. The shoes as well I found fascinating because they, they didn't have laces. No, because um, obviously you probably smoke them or... Then there was the guy who, who tried to escape. But his benefit is he looks the most dashing because he, he's wearing an escape outfit, which is a, a beautifully fitting one-piece yellow, green, orange suit so that if he tries to escape again, he'll be seen better. Right. Because he's not wearing grey. They're like onesies. They look quite comfy, though. They were the talking piece. Not only did you get to look stylish and modern, you know, people were talking about you. there are some ludicrous restrictions on prison clothing. Hockey shirts and quilted coats are banned. And inmates are limited to three pairs of pyjamas, ten pairs of socks and two shower caps. These rules are frequently ignored as prisoners strive to acquire as much personal property as possible. And you could tell how long somebody had been in prison by the amount of stuff they had. And it was all the sort of the stuff that they'd acquired but it would be your little way of making that little tiny space just that little bit more comfortable, just that little bit more different from everybody else's cells, so to rise slightly above the uniformity. But you'd bank stuff, so you wouldn't have just one string bag for the laundry. I ended up having about seven in the end, but that then helped. If there was someone on the wing who wanted a string bag, I could give them a string bag and get something in return, or, and I became like those people on the Channel 4 documentaries that just hoard, hoard random shit. <laughs> In prison, we cling on to whatever possessions we can. For some of us, it's string bags. For others, it's Rolex watches. Of course, I'm sitting here with a very nice Rolex on my wrist right now. I know, but you, you had that inside. Yeah, I had that in jail, yeah. Yeah. Walked around with that. This is Tony again. I met him at Open Prison, where we were allowed out to study and work in the community but there were still rules on what we could bring back in, which Tony didn't take very seriously. But why did you feel these had she have a £27,000 watch in prison? As a fuck you to the system itself. Oh, well, what, would you earn a year, officer? Yeah? Nice. 
had their amounts wages on my trainers. My Gucci trainers and my, my Louboutins and... You had so much stuff. Yeah, damn right I did, yeah. Good, I'm glad. I'd go to your room and it was just like... Harrods. Harrods, it was. <laughs> it was like a Harrods concession in Spring Hill. I had a George Foreman grill, I had a toaster. I had everything. I lived like a king. Anything I wanted, I had. Anything I wanted. But you didn't need all those pairs of trainers. <laughs> no, but I, I wanted it though. I wanted it. It made me happy. It made me feel good. To me, it was just like a big middle finger. Like, you did not break me. I'm still me. Well done. Nice try. You didn't break me. You'll have read those tabloid stories about criminals having undue luxuries in prison. But imagine that you had lost everything and were stuck in a place like this for years. Wouldn't you crave any personal possessions just to remind yourself of who you are? I trained as an illustrator and a designer, so I've been working as an illustrator for a while. This is Roland. He got 12 months for defrauding his employer. He was still serving his sentence in Wandsworth, so I asked him to phone me from the wing and he allowed me to tape the call. Since I went into Wandsworth, I spent the first month just drawing. I drew about oh, 800 characters for a cartoon series. 800 characters? <laughs> yeah. Wandsworth were really funny about giving me pens and pencils. They didn't want me to have my pencil case in case I used it as a weapon. A nice officer did help me in the end and went to my prop box to get the pencil case. I wasn't allowed my sketchbook because it had a spiral bound. And I had to borrow plain paper out of the photocopier when I could. Oh, the, the fiasco of pencil sharpeners is even more oh. eventful. So yeah. you couldn't sharpen your pencil? Do I order sandpaper to sharpen the pencil with? Yeah, I've learned a heck of a lot about how to work without certain art materials in that time. On the flip side, not being distracted by your usual possessions does compel you to try things you hadn't considered before. I'd wanted to write a book for years, but it was only when I went to prison that I had the time and space to actually do it. Christopher, who you met in episode one, also took up writing to pass the time. I started with a short story. I'd never written a short story before. I was asked to write a story. Didn't, literally didn't have a clue how to do it. Pen in one hand, empty pad, and just started writing. What was your first short story about? The tutor asked us to think of five clues about a dead body. So I thought of five clues about the son-in-law of a friend of mine in India who'd fallen off a mountain while hunting for wild goats. And he fell 2,000 metres to his death. And I thought about him and I thought I could write about that. Where the ideas came from, I have no idea to this day. But from that moment on, Whenever I had a spare moment, I was lying there with my eyes closed, thinking of ideas, concepts to write. I'd never written anything creative like that and found the whole process extraordinarily exciting. And the pen would fly across the page. I used up so many pens and so many pads and rewriting and rewriting. I found writing very therapeutic. Did you find it therapeutic? When I was writing a story, I thought of nothing else. It just took me to a completely different place. So prison didn't exist as far as that was concerned. The fact that I was locked away for 23 hours, I found that no bother whatsoever because I had things that I could write. 
It just took me away from where I was, so I didn't think about where I was, I just wrote. It was great joy. All these aspects of the daily grind point to the same comforting conclusion. The human mind and body can quickly adapt to any hardship. You just settle in and get on with it. The only thing you can't turn off is the pain of separation from your loved ones. That never goes away. I was fortunate that I wasn't in a relationship when I was sent away. But I saw the heartbreak suffered by prisoners who had wives and girlfriends waiting for them on the outside. So that's what we're going to talk about in the next episode. How do you keep a relationship going when one of you is stuck in prison? It was five days before Christmas. The day before we actually exchanged gifts. At first when you're getting told you're getting seven or eight years, it's like, I can't expect somebody to wait for me. It's the not knowing that scares you. The fact that there's dreams unfulfilled keeps the spark alive. Sometimes it's nice not to hear a lot of rants. It's nice to ask how I am. This has been A Bit of a Stretch, the podcast. It was written and produced by me, Chris Atkins. It was also produced by Victoria Hollingsworth. The music is by Vincent Watts. Since this podcast was recorded, some of these contributors have gone back inside, some of them several times. So I've written another book to find out why so many ex-prisoners re-offend again and again. It follows a colourful cast of criminals who just can't go straight, some of whom you'll recognise from this podcast. The book is called Time After Time, and it's available now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.